Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Controller Port Podcast, episode 78. Oh, shoot, I forgot. Let's pull it up. Pull it up real time. 78. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here to talk to you today about video games. I am currently, I guess I'm not internetless, but it is very bad <laughs> internet. Um, uh, the, the Cox, which I use, has like an outage in, area, in the area, and actually, the internet did come back up, but... Um, but uh, it's also like super, super slow. Uh, so we'll see. Um, hopefully I won't have to try to navigate anywhere to do anything uh, during the podcast. Or else I might have to cut some chunks out. But yeah, I actually had quite a bit of um, news stories I want to talk about this week. Uh, which is good because I don't really have, have any new updates in terms of game stuff. Although I am... Um, I am playing through Team Innocent again to capture footage for that, so I wanna I wanna go ahead and move forward on doing that Team Innocent video. And I think I may have mentioned this last week, but I'm trying to get a copy of Mega Man 11 right now to play through that before I before I start working on my Mighty Number no. Nine video. Um, I don't think my Mighty Number no. Nine video will be affected by Mega Man 11, but I figured it would be at very least nice to have the context of that game available. Um, hopefully, it won't destroy everything I've written about Mighty Number no. Nine, <laughs> but but we'll see. I'll I'll give it a shot. I sent it back, so I'm actually trying to get through GameFly, and I sent back uh, whatever because. My Gamefly renewed, and so it's not going to expire for like a month. So I was like, okay, well, um, I will uh, try to to get a copy of Mega Man 11 real quick. Because it's like $15 or something like that through through Gamefly right now. So so I was going to try to go ahead and get a copy of that and then just cancel my subscription then. But they haven't shipped out Mega Man 11 yet, so we'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, yeah, so I guess news-wise, uh, just just kind of a handful of notes here, and I'm not sure how much time I'll spend on a lot of these. Um, but I think uh, the the biggest story for me this week... Uh, let's actually... So actually, XO18 was today, um, which is X, the Xbox Live like PlayStation Experience event they had. Um, I watched that press conference this morning, and not really anything of note happened in it. I think maybe the most significant is that uh, Microsoft purchased Obsidian, um, which I'm, I've never played an Obsidian game, and I... Don't know what the kind of general vibe around them right now is, but I typically hear people are very positive on their games. If they do have problems with their games. They always end up being like solid Bs or something like that. But I do think there's a really good move for Microsoft in terms of, uh, you know, continuing to try to build that first party portfolio, um, you know, along with all those other companies they bought at E3 or bought and announced at E3. Excuse me. Um, so, yeah, it was... Um, I, I just think that's a really good move and a good company for them to pick up. Um, I'll be curious to see, uh, you know, if what what kind of scale of projects Obsidian is going to be working on. Because I know they were working on like Pillars of Eternity, and I, those are massive games, but I don't think they were, you know, exactly like AAA big budget kind of kind of experiences they're doing. They're more of like smaller style stuff. I guess a lot of those developers that uh, Microsoft purchased are is, were doing like smaller scale stuff. So I guess I'll be curious to see what they come out with if they're going to be doing stuff around the scale they typically were doing, or if they're going to, um, you know, be be doing something that's uh more at a larger scale but again that's something that we probably won't see for another two to three years it's just interesting to see those announcements i mean that's the most exciting thing from microsoft c3 this year was definitely that um i think the xbox backwards compatibility stuff was last year that was pretty exciting for me but uh yeah i would like to get an xbox one x eventually and they announced during the thing that it'd be a hundred dollars off for a scorpio or sorry uh, xbox one x um 
but yeah, I just can't really justify it right now. But I would, I would love to have a platform that can play original Xbox games at such a high resolution. I mean, <laughs> I think my biggest problem with old games isn't usually how they look. It's usually just the resolution's kind of bad uh, when it comes to 3D games particularly. And so like being able to render out those original Xbox games, you know, crisp and clear, that would be a great thing I'd like to do. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping they continue to increase that portfolio. I haven't really been paying too much attention to it, although I think they're uh, doing the Final Fantasy 13 trilogy on there. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I don't really have any other like thoughts uh, on that. Um, speaking of Final Fantasy, though, uh, there's also that Final Fantasy 15 uh, article, which um, basically, uh, if you haven't heard, uh, there's like another set of Final Fantasy thir- or four- 15, sorry, Final Fantasy 15. There's another set of Final Fantasy 15 uh, downloadable content that was coming that's been canceled, as well as like some uh, things that were promised for the PC version, um, which is whatever. I, I, I'm, I still have not played through Final Fantasy 15 and I've not played the DLC they had that, that did come out already. So I probably won't notice the difference other than if, if any like big story chunks feel like they're missing because they were set aside for that DLC. But uh, I think most interesting from the article is that Tabata is actually leaving Square Enix, which I think is a bad thing for Square Enix. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe uh, they they let him go for a reason, although it sounds like he's mainly doing the thing that other, other Japanese indie developers have been doing, like Sweary and... Uh, What's his name? Tezuguchi, the um, the uh, Res Infinite and uh, 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 what else did he work on? Res Tetris, Tetris Effect, which is more more recently. He's worked on other games. I just can't remember what was it. Did he work on Sea Man? I don't think he worked on Sea Man. I don't know. I'm blanking on it right now. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, you see a lot of Japanese developers doing that where well, they're going off and creating their smaller company. Uh, I think Yoko Taro did that as well. Um. And Tanaka with Square Enix also left, but he's more of like an advisor for mobile games now, it sounds like. So not really his own own like developer kind of thing. Oh, uh, uh, Keiji Inafune. Igarashi. Yep, a lot of people. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, let me just stop listing off Japanese game developers. Um, but yeah, and I, I had um, I didn't notice this before when this article was first coming out, but I did see. I think it was US Gamer uh, wrote an article about it, and ha- they had mentioned that the Luminous Luminous Studio, um, who was working on that content, uh, basically is being like refocused to work on like AAA big budget games right now, um, which I guess. I mean, Final Fantasy XV is AAA big budget game, so maybe they just mean, like, not focus on the DLC of one game. I don't know. I don't really understand uh, what they mean by refocusing it, but they said they were losing, like, $33 million because of it. So, so yeah, I'm just kind of surprised, I guess. I'm surprised the Final Fantasy XV downloadable content was extended as far as it was. Um, and I wonder if that stuff didn't make the money they wanted to or if, like, it was just way too spread out. Um, but yeah, Hajime, or is his name Hajime, I think, Hajime Tabata, I don't remember, um, but yeah, Tabata, I think, alongside, like, Naoki Yoshida, um, they, I think they're really, probably, or Tabata used to be, like, one of the most valuable assets Square Enix has right now, I, I think about, like, the work Nomura does, and Kitase does, and I think they make great games, um, um, and uh, there's obviously so many more business divisions within within Square Enix uh, right now, but I really felt like Tabata was like a get the job done kind of person, <laughs> and it's kind of weird thinking of him going off and doing his own studio because I don't know if Tabata really has his own style per se, 
but I think he did a good job of just basically getting games out the door based, uh, getting games out the door and Final Fantasy 15 was one of them. Uh, you know, he put out like three or four PSP games, I think throughout the life cycle of that thing. So I think he had a I think he had a lot of experience in terms of just like finishing a project, which I think something Square Enix desperately needs um, with, with, you know, with their projects. I, I know that like Kingdom Hearts, nothing will probably ever be as bad as the like, uh, you know, Final Fantasy 13 trilogy stuff that was announced back in like 2006 and only finally wrapped up in 2016. Um, but you know, it's, you know, they spend a lot of time on their games and it feels like they're always going through some kind of like development hell. And I wish they'd kind of get things pulled together. And it sounds like Tabata had things pulled together when he was working on it on Final Fantasy 15. And obviously it doesn't come out to be like the best game. I think that's kind of, you know, a, a trait of Tabata's game in general is they, they weren't necessarily of the quality of other Square Enix games, but he got the games done and put out, I believe like Final Fantasy 15, he did in the course of like two and a half, three years. I mean, Obviously, worked with his team and everything like that. Um, but yeah, and then Yoshida, if you don't, Naoki Yoshida, if you don't know, is the one who um, basically revamped Final Fantasy fourteen in a very short period of time, and also, you know, kind of, I'd say, reshaped Final Fantasy fourteen one point zero one point zero um, into what it was with one point two three. Um, one point two three is a really interesting uh, version of Final Fantasy fourteen. I don't know if I've talked about it before, but. Um, I think that was a fascinating uh, uh, point of that game's history. And, and and the fact that they were able to build not only 1.23, but also build 2.0 alongside that was uh, was really impressive. Um, um, and c- continuing the Final Fantasy chain, there's also the Final Fantasy VII uh, remake stuff that just is also like take, taking forever in development hell. <laughs> um, but there's also an article this week where Nomura was saying that they were looking at also doing like uh, extended... Um, or doing the extended line of Final Fantasy VII games, uh, with like Crisis Core, uh, Dirge of Cerberus, and um, before Crisis, um, and that they're looking at are trying to to do that content again at some point. Which, if you don't know, before Crisis is the like uh, it was like a mobile phone game back in the day, uh, like pre pre cell phone or pre smartphone. Uh, mobile phone game where uh, where it kind of followed the I've heard the, the called the Turks I believe and did some story behind them. Um, so the only one of the of those series of the Final Fantasy VII extended series I've played is uh, Dirge of Cerberus, which at the time I really liked. Um, I think the reason I like it so much is. Um, there's a lot of variety in the combat in terms of like uh, there's a lot of melee focused attack. Like you had a melee, and then also you had like a bunch of different guns you could customize, and and also like attach magic to the to the to the bullets and stuff like that too. And I feel like there's a lot of depth to that gun customization system. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think you could switch between different forms of the gun. Um, I believe that's the case, but it's been a long time, but you kind of were, were already always augmenting Vincent's, uh, Vincent's, uh, pistol to be like a, a sniper rifle shotgun. You could, you could change a lot of interesting things on it. And I, I was always disappointed that the, the online component never came out in the U S um, obviously because it used the, uh, hard drive for the PlayStation two, which was exclusive to final fantasy 11. And, um, and also that game, I think by the time it came out in the U S the servers may have been 
down or dying. I think it. I think the servers were online for less than a year. Uh, there's actually some interesting footage online you can find of uh, the story mode for the online version of Dirge of Cerberus that wasn't uh, wasn't used in America. They basically repurposed the multiplayer maps into like special challenge maps. And as a kid, I played a ton of those because I had way too much time on my hands. <laughs> but um, but yeah. I like Dirge of Cerberus a lot, but it definitely isn't like the best controlling <laughs> game. I would I would like to revisit it someday. Um, and so, you know, that'd be kind of interesting if at the very least for the Final Fantasy VII spinoffs, they did like a like a HD re-release kind of thing, you know, or like a, a remaster, I guess, where it's just like, hey, we, we are running this at a higher resolution and, and now you can play it this way. Uh, Dirge of Cerberus also had mouse and keyboard support, I believe, which I tried using with, I use a trackball mouse, the one with like a trackball on the top of the mouse where you move it with your thumb. And uh, I would, <laughs> I tried to use that when I was playing and it did not work very well. So I would, I would like to actually hook up a normal mass, mouse and try it sometime. Um, but we'll see, we'll see if I'll ever get around to doing that. Um, but yeah, and then I do have a copy of uh, Crisis Core, which is the, um, the PSP uh, Final Fantasy VII game. And I heard that game is really good. That was actually one that Tabata worked on. Um, um, and I, I would like to get to it someday here, but PSP, unfortunately, is not like super high on my list of consoles to tackle typically. Um, and I didn't have a PSP until after the Vita came out. <laughs> so it's a lot of catch-up I have to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someday, someday. I should do a, um, a, uh, what's it called video uh, or a quick play stream. Shoot. I just realized I did not determine a quick play stream at the end of this podcast. I'll pause it, try to figure out what I'm going to play and then we'll continue. (laughs) Um, um, but yeah, so, uh, I would like to do a quick play stream on, uh, what's it called? Pursuit Force. Pursuit Force is a really cool game on PSP, uh, just as a, 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 a weird side note thing, I guess. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, there's a couple of Nintendo things I was also interested in. We're just hitting all of, all of the major platforms here. I'm assuming the, I mean, I guess the Final Fantasy stuff is multi-platform at this point, but, but to me, I guess growing up around the PlayStation era, Final Fantasy is definitely a PlayStation brand for me. Um, but you know, it's on Xbox typically, although it's kind of, kind of back and forth, like with uh, Final Fantasy 14, that's still not on Xbox. I'm always surprised. I feel like at this point, that'd be something that Phil Spencer would, would be pushing to try to get on the platform. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's like a lifespan for the PS4 and Xbox one at this point that they're trying to avoid jumping into, but I mean, the PlayStation three version wasn't not around that long for um Final Fantasy 14. Anyways, um so yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> um but I did poke around some other news. Oh yeah, for Nintendo stuff. Uh I was surprised to see that there's YouTube on Switch. I have nothing to say about that. I'm only surprised because I think on both the 3DS and the Wii U exploits were were done through the YouTube app. Uh, maybe not on Wii U, but on 3DS, definitely there's like a YouTube exploit that uh, allowed you to hack the system. So I'm surprised they're they're still moving forward with doing that kind of stuff on the Switch, considering they're so paranoid about about people breaking the system. Although I guess at this point, maybe because it is broken into already to some extent that they're just like, eh, whatever. Uh, and then the Mario Party 10 Joy-Con bundle, which I think is kind of appealing. Uh, basically, it's like $100 for Mario Party, or sorry, Mario Party, Super Mario Party, not Mario Party 10, sorry. Uh, Super Mario Party and uh, two Joy-Cons. It's like 100 bucks, which is a lot of money, but Joy-Cons are like $80. <laughs> Or seventy dollars, like seventy to eighty dollars for Joy Cons alone. So 
that's actually a pretty good deal considering how friggin' expensive those Joy-Cons are. Um, I might, I might get that, especially if it goes on sale at some point during the Black Friday stuff. Uh, my Joy-Cons on the Switch are not great, and I, I think I'm beyond the point of sending them in for, uh, for repair or anything like that. They're, I don't know. I think it may have been a launch system. Um, I got a Splatoon bundle, but it's not a Spl- Splatoon like themed switch. I think it was just a bundle of Swi- or Splatoon stuff that I think GameStop did. Um, so I might have just like have a, a early switch or a Joy Cons with the early uh, you know issue with the with the buttons or with the Joy Cons not communicating properly with the switch or just the communication not being. Um, as good basically i drop a lot of inputs in the joy cons i wrote an article a while ago about my problems with the joy cons but uh, i didn't think about the uh the the connection issues with the controller at that time and and i i wonder if it would be better if i if i did use the joy cons uh but still i i still don't like the joy cons and how they feel or anything like that it's a little frustrating <laughs> i i wish there were like some and i'll have to see maybe there's like third party ones some like things that give the joy cons grips that you can put on the controllers while they're independent of each other that actually might not be a terrible way to go about playing with the joy cons but uh as long as it's still dropping inputs i probably won't won't ever use joy cons full time or anything like that um so yeah, but that's a nice bundle, and it has like a green and a yellow controller, which I've been looking for a bundle where where the controllers didn't match too much. I think neon pink looks too much like red for me. Um, so having red, blue, green, and yellow is kind of similar to green, but eh, it's close enough. Um, I think that'll be a, a good bundle to to pick up maybe. So yeah, yeah. I guess the only other thing is that I tried to get, I tried to play this this love Nikki clone called uh, Alice Closet. Um, and it's on DMM games, which I'm always very excited for because that means I can play it on PC because I can just run PC applications on DMM. Um, but DMM games finally blocked their, <laughs> the little exploit I was using to get around the region locking stuff beforehand. If you try to like load a game that wasn't available in your region through the app, it would prevent you from loading it. But now, and, and then, so what you could do is you could go to the website for the game and then download the application there and still install it into your DMM games, uh, client. And then it would still let you run it and everything without, you know, the region issues. But now they actually block you from, from downloading the application if you're not within the region as well. So another reason to set up a VPN at some point so I can play Dragon Quest X and then play all the DMM games I want for five minutes before I'm like, this is all in Japanese and it's a mobile game. Why am I doing this? It's never a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm, what I'm doing. So... Uh, but yeah, so other than that, um, yeah, I guess that's all I really want to talk about this week. I played Curses and Chaos with a friend, uh, got through that game, pretty much beat it. Didn't do all the trophies, but we pretty much beat that game. It's, uh, some, from people who made, uh, Mercenary Kings, I I think they're called Tribute Games. I mean, Mercenary Kings, Flint Hook, and, um, I'm forgetting, I'm blanking. There's like two other big ones. They make a lot of bigger games, but Curses and Chaos was like free on PS Plus at some point. It's a cute little, like, um... I guess you'd call it like a wave-based beat-em-up where you're basically two players stuck in this screen and you just sit there and fight enemies using like punches and kicks. Um, but it's actually very strategic in your movement and there's like a combo system that you you basically use to build money and like a whole crafting system. It's kind of flimsy. 
Um, I think if you start looking at that game beyond its like basic mechanics, it starts falling apart. And there's a lot of exploits we found when we were playing where you can kind of abuse certain systems to, to make it really easy to not only like unlock all the trophies in the game, but also like, hey, here's this item you need to progress in the story. What if I just give you this item and then you have it? And, and I don't think that was really supposed to happen. Also, there's like some some lag issues and stuff, which is kind of frustrating where it's like, oh, on the host screen, I got hit by an enemy, but on my screen, I did not get hit by an enemy. So it reset our ca- combo counter, even though I didn't take any damage. It like recognized the fact that I didn't take any damage, but still is like, no, but you got hit. Like you didn't get hit, but you really got hit. And it's like, ah, that's frustrating. Um, but yeah, so, so while my internet's being bad, I mean, you're probably not going to try to do anything internet heavy tonight, but, uh, while that's going on, I'll probably, um, probably try to play some more Team Innocent tonight. I'm about one third through the game, I think. It's only a three minute, three mission long game. Um, I was, uh, I set it up in a, I was a little concerned plugging the PCFX into the FrameMeister. I thought, because it's only S video out and, and at least my experience so far with like Dreamcast and stuff. Um, S video didn't seem as like it was giving me the quality I wanted, but I think the difference is, is that the PCFX does 240p and the whole like 240p versus 480i, 480p thing, um, it looks really clean 240p. Um, I th- for some reason, I think it has something to do with like the, how it can scale into 1080, um, 240p just works better essentially um and so it actually looks pretty good actually i would say the actual output that the frame meister does with the with s video on 240p is like super super clean the problem unfortunately with my footage is that my capture card uh crushes blacks pretty bad and uh team innocent is kind of i wouldn't say a dark game but it's not exactly like a bright colorful game either um, and so there's like some interference and stuff and, and the blacks and stuff don't look particularly good. Like when there's a black screen or something like that, it just starts, there's like a static. And then once you upload that footage up to YouTube, it becomes even worse. Like these big square blocks that, that kind of fade in and out. It's, it's, it's not a great look, but, uh, I think it's fine most for the most part. And for the purposes of doing a video for it, I'm sure it'll be perfectly okay. I was originally planning to capture that thing using a dazzle capture card, um, and if you go look at my, um, my, uh, quick play stream for team innocent, you can see how that would have looked there. But, uh, I think it looks a lot cleaner going through the frame Meister, even with that, the issue of my capture card, uh, messing up on, on certain colors. Um, I think eventually I'll replace my capture card once I go to a 4k setup, but that's not in the plans anytime soon. I'll, I'll have to upgrade my PC by that point so I can capture that stuff properly. Um, I do need to sort some of my game footage stuff too, because I'm actually running out of footage on my, uh, or running out of space on my uh, hard drive I use for for game footage. So I need to figure out how I'm going to uh, uh, accommodate for that. <laughs> so I can definitely buy another hard drive and just start loading stuff up onto there. Um, but I would like to be able to, you know, further organize this stuff in some ways and and figure out what's the best option for storing this stuff long term. Um, sometimes it's just nice to have footage available when you need it. <laughs> Even if I don't plan on doing video content for a game, I try to record it. I, I didn't realize earlier I didn't record any curses and chaos, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I think that's it for this week, though. Um, let me go ahead and pause this real quick while I figure out what my quick stream please gonna, or quick play stream game is going to be. 
hey, you know what? How about we just do like curses and chaos? I didn't even get up from my desk. I was just like, ah, you know, I, I played that game this week. I can talk about that game. So let's talk about curses and chaos. Um, so we'll go ahead and do curses and chaos quick play stream. Um, and, uh, and we'll have a good time with that. Um, otherwise, no article this week, no video this week. I'm not sure when the next content's going to be coming out, um, especially since I haven't really moved forward on the Mighty Number no. 9 stuff yet because I want to play Mega Man 11 first. So that's going to put a big drop in front of me in terms of putting any content out. Um, I may see if I can do like a shorter article or something like that in the meantime, but it's not, again, I got to make videos my focus, so um, it's not going to be, going to be like super, super soon probably unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately i'll try to have something out but otherwise usual quick play stream stuff and then also um also podcasts and if there's any like specific kind of content that you think wouldn't take too long but you'd be interested in seeing uh let me know i'm i'm, I'm definitely open to that kind of stuff um uh right now i'm just kind of settling in with like the the normal stream quick play stream and podcast but uh i definitely would be open to doing some more different variety of stuff and maybe we can um maybe not have the same content coming out every week maybe we could split stuff up and uh and do more variety of content that happens um obviously i'm one man here on this one site website playing with one controller port that's hey one controller port dot com <laughs> um but yeah but uh if you haven't gone to the website this week again one um i posted my fancy star online article up this week uh or last week i guess so go read that i'm actually would be really curious what do you have to think about that article just because i don't know <laughs> i don't know what value i had in writing it i think there's something there and when i shared it with people people seem to be interested or think it was interesting but i don't really know what i got to i guess um so i would love to hear your thoughts on it um i may start also kind of posting some legacy stuff into uh destructoid uh because i do know at some point i had some people following me there and so maybe maybe they'd be interested in, in coming over i haven't really posted about this website um over there but i don't want to also like go over and be like hey hi destructoid people come to my website <laughs> that's like a weird shitty thing to do so um uh, so yeah i think that's it i think that's all i have to talk about so uh thanks for thanks for coming um and i'll try to figure something out this week uh in terms of uh you know some more near-term content for now though again curses and chaos quick play stream i'm gonna do that on thursday right after i do lost dimensions I'm gonna keep pushing through lost dimensions i have a lot of story content uh, this week so if you're gonna be watching if you want to see cutscenes and stuff then hey now's the time to watch if you don't want to see cutscenes stuff now's not really the time to watch i'm kind of regretting lost dimension because i'm kind of running out of things to say about the game uh there's kind of a lot of shallow stuff about it but hey uh i'm sure once i finish the game i'll talk about it here on uh on the, on the podcast in, in depth or maybe write an article about it who knows uh so i think i have some strong feelings about that game both good and bad unfortunately uh so yeah thanks for coming and I hope you have a great week. Bye.